the third quarter of this year, Bernie Sanders raised $25 million, and then he did what any 78-year-old would do after winning $28 million. He had a heart attack. <laughs> I like that joke. That's insensitive, and I didn't appreciate it. Now, I heard uh, Bernie's going to be off the trail for a couple of days. You know, heart attacks, I suppose, vary. I don't know that much about heart attacks. I suppose there's worse ones and better ones. But the few people I've known who had heart attacks, man, they were out of uh, out of normal life for a long time. Weeks, in some cases, months of not going to work, taking it super easy. Running for president is not taking it super easy. No, no. You think he'll be back in days? Well, I don't know. Wow. Heart attacks, as I understand it, can be a one or a hundred. Okay. You know? But, yeah. That so ends my cardiology knowledge. Hey, can we finish that NBA discussion very quickly? Sure. Positive Sean pointed out during the commercial break that the NBA removed its all-star game from Charlotte because they didn't like North Carolina's transgender bathroom bill. Yet the NBA is utterly prostituting itself to profit in China where millions of people are in concentration camps, where they starved 80 million people to death back in the day. China is asshole. That's a good point, sir. Um, I didn't think I could possibly get tired of that clip. I'm getting close. Anyway, um, yeah, so there's some good virtue signaling. Well, look at you and your virtue, National Basketball So You look out for people and they're right. You're so virtuous. It's unbelievable. Well, I'll bet if you would, if you wanted to make this a theme of, uh, of corporations that have mm-hmm. Lectured us about various feel good, progressive, uh, progressive something or other, right? Um, uh, on Super Bowl ads or or whatever that do business with China. I'm sure that the list would be very long. Please let's start with Colin Kaepernick's employer, Nike. Please, what are they willing to do and not do to do business in China? Please, you're worried about the. You know, the whole, uh, well, Kaepernick's whole deal. And listen, I share some of his beliefs, but um, you're not worried about the Chinese secret police? Uh, I guarantee you they're pretty mean to people, too, Nike. Not so much. So the NBA is going to be in Shanghai? Uh, Yeah, they're playing a game this Thursday, I believe, in Shanghai. It's the Lakers versus somebody else. And uh, and LeBron James. That's a good idea to have them play against another team. China will do whatever (laughs) it can to keep a reporter from asking LeBron James about Hong Kong. Including jailing that reporter. It'll be interesting to see how he answers if he does get answered, because one, he works for the NBA that is uh, sided with the evil communist regime over Hong Kong. And and he's got Nike in his ear, I'm sure. So yeah. don't don't say anything bad about China, right? Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable situation, and we got to figure this out as a country. We really do, because China is they're spending every day in gazillions of dollars to beef up their military and and put uh, inroads across the world. Their their Silk and Belt program and all all around the world to take us on Belt and Road Belt and Road program. <laughs> Um, the Silk Road, Belt and Road Silk program. and Belt is the way I dress every day, <laughs> and it oh, looks good. Flowing robes. They're they're playing the uh, the the Brooklyn Nets, whose owner is one of the the Alibaba, Alibaba guys. guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Who's lecturing the world that this is about Chinese territorial sovereignty, and you do not question uh, that. It's it's not negotiable. Oh, sorry. We kind of like people not to be oppressed by brutal regimes, Mister A Hole. China is a hole. <laughs> Where is that story? I want to get this guy's name. Tsai. Joe Tsai. 
T-S-A-I. Thanks for the lecture on Chinese territorial integrity. Sorry, no offense intended. My mistake. We're going to have to figure this out. I wonder if this will ever become um, a thing where we take a look at corporations and their stance on China. I doubt it. I don't feel like no, most too much people... Money to be made. Well, and I just, for whatever reason, most people don't have a feeling about China that they had about the Soviet Union, even though we should. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is. I guess because all the corporations and corporate media are are downplaying the evils of China. Right. Well, and listen, I don't want to come off as too sanctimonious. I understand people need to feed themselves. They need to make a living. How can we be sanctimonious when we just admitted last hour that (laughs) if China offered us $50 million to do a radio show in China... yes. But we can't say mean things about them. We would do it. I would you do it. would do it. You wouldn't do it? I would do it. I would not do it until they offer it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're in charge of international, uh, what do you call it, for, uh, you know, Joe's Tractors, you're about to get a you know, $5 billion offer from China, yeah, you keep your dang mouth shut. I get it. I just, what I resent is the always high-handed, lectury, progressive virtue signaling of American corporations when there is no risk or almost zero risk. In fact, that's, that may be one of the, one of several really annoying trends in America is risk-free activism, but you act like you're Che Guevara who was a homicidal maniac, but he was at constant risk of death. So you with your masks and, you know, beating down oldsters in the streets of Portland, trying to pretend that you're Che Guevara, knowing there's zero risk to you. Get your mask on, you babies. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I've had enough of that. So uh, Good Morning America is going pretty big with this story. Um, So one well, player. That's interesting says something as tepid as I stand with Hong Kong. It was a general manager of the, uh, the the Houston Rockets. But that was too much. Yeah. You can't, you can't come out. You can't come out. And the owner of the team came out and said, he does not speak for us. We're all about promoting internationally. We are not a political organization. Which is true. I mean, on its face, it's true. Every organization can be political to whatever extent it desires. You know, when American tax policy comes up, I'm sure the Houston Rockets have uh, some political uh, uh, urges. But uh, it's, you know, honestly, if you're to sit down, if you're really going to be open hearted about this. You'd realize, listen, there are different things that drive you as a human being in a corporation throughout your life and your career and you're operating as a company and. And and you try to do good and minimize evil and the rest of it. It's complicated. Well, so uh, the the owner's out with another tweet. Uh, I did not intend my tweet to cause any offense to Rockets fans and friends of mine in China. Just to clarify, so this is that's Daryl Morey, that's the GM who originally said okay. we stand with Hong Kong. The GM who, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the owner sorry. is contradicting him. Yeah, yeah, the the guy who made the original statement, the GM. Um, I was merely voicing one thought based on one interpretation of one complicated event. I've had a lot of opportunity since that tweet to hear and consider other perspectives. Like the one that writes my paycheck. Wow, that's uh that's something. Yeah, they 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 said you're gonna back you're gonna walk backward in a big hurry. Boy, that had to be Here's uncomfortable. Here's what you say. Yeah. That would that would be uncomfortable. Now that would be difficult for me to do. If 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 somebody came in and said, Look, we're we're trying to get whatever into China, we need you to 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 
put out this sort of statement. I don't know if I could do that. That'd be hard to do. He did. You know, if if you know, losing your livelihood is not an easy thing to do. Right. If your if your boss says, "Hey, you can't do that," but to, to, there are different perspectives. There's the beaten down people who want freedom in the streets perspective. Sure. And then there's the people who want freedom perspective. And you know, there's just two ways to look at the story. And I I may have emphasized one over the other, and I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I just I don't I've know. had plenty of time to reconsider this in three meetings, and uh, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Wow, that's very complicated issue. God dang it. Imagine this happening with the Soviet Union where where American corporations were were really coming down on people who said anything anti-Soviet Union Mm -hmm. because it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, I read old Joe Tsai's uh, comment, and he was talking about, uh, you know, the history of China with uh, the Boxer Rebellion and British, uh, you know, colonization, the rest of it is. It's uh, it's about our territorial integrity. We can't have foreigners controlling our land, blah, blah, blah. It's Chinese pride, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, I get that. But uh, we're talking about oppression. We're talking about people who have human rights getting them yanked. It makes some of us a little nervous. So did you see a, a, a taxi drove into the protesters yesterday and wiped out a bunch of them? I did not see that. And uh, I haven't heard any report yet of nailing down who that taxi driver was. Now, it could just be a crazy person, or it could be somebody that was uh, well, basically a soldier for the, the Chinese National Army right. who got in a taxi and ran over a bunch of protesters. The Chinese protests are very unpopular in mainland China, I've heard, and I believe it. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got more on the, the unbelievable propaganda effort the uh, Chinese government's got going on I have to, no doubt. to convince the uh, population that uh, what's going on in Hong Kong is bad. Combine that with the fact that you'd be afraid to say the opposite. And it's hard to know what people think. Oh, sure. Right. It's like we talk about, you know, X percentage of people think impeachment is proper at this point. Well, the vast majority of people haven't caught on to the idea that the mainstream media, the corporate media, is vastly biased. And so they think, well, what CBS News tells me is is accurate. So I guess, yeah, I guess I am in favor of that. It's not surprising people have attitudes that they have. Right. Given the messaging and who's doing it. Um, so I promise we'll get to this because I'm kind of interested in it. The, 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 it's the beginning of the Supreme Court season. The first Monday in October is when they sit down in their, in their robes and, uh, start discussing some big cases. Um, last session, oddly, didn't have the huge, like, gay marriage or Obamacare, you know, that big headline event, but we're going to have a bunch of them this time around. Immigration, guns, that sort of stuff. And we'll talk about it next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Bed Bath & Beyond announced that they're closing 60 locations. I, I knew the company was in trouble when I got a 20% off coupon in the mail to buy a Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I get it. I love that store. Well, that's the, uh, yeah. You can't enjoy shopping around that store. You just, you're tired of life. My wife likes it too, but man, that's the perfect example of all those things I can get online so easy. Just, yeah, but I you can't leave see my the, the, all the possibilities. Ah, oh, that's a great shopping experience. I love mm-hmm. that store. Um, Look at these coasters, honey. Look at these coasters. Oh, it's great. So you got an abortion ruling by the Supreme Court coming this year, an immigration 
And LGBT rights. Um, did I mention guns? I mean, all your your big controversial. Some of these they haven't talked about in the guns situation. Haven't talked about in a very long time. So this will be very exciting. Starting with the Boy, LGBT it's like rights, a screaming at each other checklist. It, it really is. Uh, so what I wonder is. Um, so if you don't know how this works, Supreme Court season starts first Monday in October. They usually release their big decisions in June. Yeah. And hit the road. So you can't say, hey, why did you? They're gone. Yoink. Are they going to release a guns ruling, a gay ruling, an abortion ruling, a church and schools ruling all in June and then just hit the road? Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. On the LGBT thing. Boy, uh, there's going to be some demonstrating all year long in front of the yeah. Supreme Court, chanting and yelling. So Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 64 prohibits discrimination in employment on the basis of sex, among a whole bunch of other categories. We all know that. But does this or should this include protections for people to be dis- discriminated against because they're gay or transgender? Sexual orientation, not currently included. And it involves a fired, a fired uh, skydiver? A fired county government worker in Georgia, and then a fired funeral home director who was uh, who believes that they got fired for their gender identity. And uh, who knows how this will turn out? The 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 complicate, but, but some of the people who are worried about this uh, would say the complication here is if you can say I was fired unjustly because I'm, you know, gender fluid. That's it's the sort of thing you could claim at any point. As opposed to you, are, yes. you, you've been a woman all along, <laughs> you've been black all along, you've been whatever, uh, Yeah, you know, maybe I fired you because you're black, but I didn't right. even know you were gender fluid. Well, and... Or or you weren't gender fluid <laughs> until you got fired. Well, and it gets into some funky ground, too, because uh, things that you're born with and can't change, you know, that's a fairly well-settled area of the law. Um, if you are... If you're an activist or or are loud about it, it is, and, and I'm choosing my words carefully here because, well, you have to when you're dealing with stuff, but if you are in my face about your gender fluidity in a way that's weird to the customers or nobody knows how to work around you anymore, we, we worked with somebody who it was just, it was, man, it was walking on eggshells all the time. And finally, you're like, all right, you're a major distraction. You're not a very good salesperson. Um, you know, everybody's freaked out. We're going to give you two weeks and let you go. You know, that could be a very, very different case than somebody who just, they're gay. Or mm-hmm. they're transgender. Um, so that one obviously is is hot for all the reasons that you can imagine. Uh, the abortion one is has been looked at before, but you got different justices. Louisiana has a law requiring doctors who perform abortions to have admitting privileges at local hospitals. So you can't be a doctor at an abortion clinic that's not attached to a hospital. Um, now, they had the same ruling with Texas in 2016, and it was struck down. But what's different is Anthony Kennedy is gone, Kavanaugh is in, and to see if you get a different result on that case. On guns, case from New York City... Could be the most significant word on guns in over a decade. At issue is a New York City ordinance that prohibited licensed gun owners from carrying their unloaded weapons to shooting ranges or second homes outside the city. 
New York has amended this ordinance, but um, so, you know, it's a chipping out of the way at the whether or not you can uh, carry a gun or any city can outlaw guns, that sort of thing. Uh, which will be very exciting if you're into the Second Amendment thing. Then you got the DACA thing. They're going to finally rule on that one way or another, I hope, and not just come up with some tiny little technicality and kick the can down the road. I feel like they just need an, an, uh, an immigration session where they just decide sanctuary cities. Do we get to control our borders? Just all that stuff in one package. Yeah, I, speaking of checklists. I realize that's not the way the law works, but right. I feel like it would be nice if we could do that sort of thing. Uh, what's the other hot one that I want well, to Well, if I'm chanting outside the Supreme Court like so many people will be over the next several weeks, um, I like really, really unsatisfying rulings that, that do no good. So I'll be out there chanting. See how you like this chant, Marshall. I've often said I could be a professional chant yes. writer. Go right ahead. Narrow ruling five to four. Clarity is such a bore. Narrow ruling <laughs> wow. five to four. Clarity is such a bore. All right. That's good stuff. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Michael. Wow. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? <laughs> well, the president's pulling U.S. troops out of Syria ahead of a Turkish invasion. You got the GOP lining up against the imp- impeachment push. And there's a new survey out the worst and best Halloween candy. Yeah, and also, hey, no remanding it back to the lower court, whatever that is, you chickens. Make a decision. Since we were talking about it earlier in the hour, just out in the news, South Park has been banned in China because they took on China and how they're controlling media and entertainment yep. in uh, America. That is going to be a battle yep. that we got to figure out as a people uh, what side we're on. I wonder how much money that costs somebody, South Park or whoever owns them or whatever, by not being on in China. It's a lot of households. Uh, I wonder, did they ban the entire series or just that episode or what? Uh, episodes, clips, and online discussions of the, sh- of the show have been removed from the Chinese internet, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, THR also reviewed Chinese social media networks, uh, several different versions and, and chat rooms, and they've all been scrubbed of any okay. mention of South Park. I wonder if uh, we will develop a, uh, a body of artists, creative people, who declare themselves China influence free. Or something. We'll know CIF, what that means. Instead um, of making movies that will play in China, you're famous for the opposite. Yeah, or, or at least we don't care. Right. It's all about the scale. It's just about the scale. they got sure. so many freaking people. Right. Yep. Our population plus a billion. Right. You get a TV show watched by a, a, you know a tiny percentage of that, and it's still a giant hit by our standards. Oh, my God. Huh. That's interesting. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump says it is past time to pull U.S. forces out of Syria and to stand aside for an imminent Turkish invasion. The president tweeting out the U.S. was only supposed to be in Syria for 30 days, but that turned into years. Trump saying the U.S. defeated ISIS and will bring our soldiers home rather than fight in endless tribal wars. As for abandoning America's Kurdish allies to the Turks, Trump said the Turks were paid massive amounts of money and given uh, equipment for their help. The president also said that regional powers can now figure out what to do with captured ISIS troops in their neighborhood. 
You know, I'm uncomfortable with this because the Kurds have been very, very helpful to us through the years. Keeping in mind, not because it's because they're good people, it's in their self-interest as well. Right. Um, But the president pledged that he would get us out of endless occupations of war-torn, never-to-be-settled parts of the earth. And he's doing what he said. And we went there to fight ISIS because we thought they could be a threat to us. Mm -hmm. That is over. How do you make the argument to the American people, we're going to continue to be there to help out the Kurds, who most people don't even know who they are? I'm not saying that these are easy decisions or morally clear or whatever, but if you followed the Lindsey Graham version of the world, we would never withdraw troops from anywhere. And, uh, And again, the president said he would do otherwise and is keeping that promise. The attorney representing the whistleblower who sounded the alarm about President Trump's dealings with Ukraine and triggered the impeachment inquiry says he is now representing a second whistleblower who's already spoken with the inspector general. And word comes out, the White House shrugging it off, saying it doesn't really matter how many people decide to call themselves whistleblowers about the same telephone call, a call the president already made public. It doesn't change the fact that he has done nothing wrong. Yeah, there's virtually no dispute of the facts, honestly. You know, if it has to do with various White House uh, officials or or unofficials, if you will, right? Uh, ooching around and demanding dirt and working with... Uh, we'll have to see. There, there's got to be something new. We're going to talk a little impeachment coming up. Rudy right. Giuliani was on one of the shows right. yesterday, and we'll play that some of, uh, for you. And uh, th- their whole thing is making this about Joe Biden, because I think... I think Trump sees Biden as his only real threat. He's saying, I don't care about Biden. I didn't think he'd win. He'd be easy to beat. But I think Trump thinks Biden's the only guy that could get some of those Trump-Obama voters, working-class voters. Elizabeth Warren ain't going to win. He's worried about Biden. So that's where this all started. And got Giuliani out there explaining the Biden family in a way that I thought was pretty good yesterday. And we'll have that coming up. And as for President Trump's calling on China to investigate the Bidens, Republicans like Representative Jim Jordan on ABC's This Week saying Trump wasn't really serious. I don't think anyone in America really believes, except people maybe in the press and some Democrats in Congress, really believe that the President of the United States thinks China's going to investigate. He's making a statement. Well, he's asking for it, and the president hasn't said he's joking. He said a very direct statement. He wasn't smiling there. Sure. He wasn't laughing. It wasn't a joke. You, you don't think this president's been the toughest president on China? Imposed tariffs on China? Asking, you don't think this president wants, wants to make sure China starts abiding by international trade norms? Marco Rubio said on Friday, yeah. um, I don't know if it's a real request to China or him just needling the press, knowing that you guys are going to get outraged by it. So if that's, you know, if he's joking and needling, which I think is probably his, that's what he's up to. But you can understand Stephanopoulos' question. How are we supposed to know? <laughs> he's oh, not yeah. smiling. He hasn't come out and said it was a joke. Yeah. Well, oh, this is the first president that I can think of that you're just never sure what he means and what he doesn't. If I'm a Democrat, though, I separate the China request on camera from the Ukraine thing. Don't you? Yes. Because the China thing, I think, was just... You know, nothing's going to come out of that. Well, I don't want to steal Rudy's thunder, but I think the Trump uh, defense of what he did is a pretty good one. The fact that, look, Joe Biden is corrupt and his family is corrupt. And you're telling me I can't go after corruption. What are you talking about? Hmm. More on that coming up. Worst Halloween candies around. A new survey from CandyStore.com carried out the uh, poll. They found the top 10 most disliked candies. 
So here they are. Candy corn sucks. Candy corn is fabulous. What? Anything yeah, with coconut I would agree in with it, that. says the child. Please. <laughs> All right. From the sophisticated sucks. palate enjoys coconut candies. From 10th to 1st place. In 10th place, 10th most hated candy, bit oh honey Okay. Good and Plenty's number nine. Any, <sighs> any form yeah. of... Good and disgusting. You know, uh, uh, the spice that flavors yeah. black licorice. You know what spice that is? Yes. Anise. Nuff said. <laughs> licorice comes in eighth worst. Yeah. Anise by name. Anise by nature. Huh? Licorice. Smarties, seventh most hated candy. Then you got your Tootsie Rolls. Your- yeah. My wife. See, I kind of like a Tootsie Roll, and I bought them for the kids. And my wife just thinks they're horrific. A big hard wax stick. It's a prank candy, right? That somehow transcended the mainstream. Like that's what you used to get to make fun of your friends or something. <laughs> And then among the most hated Necco wafers, which I do hate. Um, They're well, difficult to explain like yeah, in the 21st yeah. century. <laughs> Tootsie Rolls might be the number one. Taste like it's coming out the end of some giant factory with smoke coming out of a smoke. <laughs> you got to have patience, too. You bite down on those, you're going to lose a tooth. But Necco wafers, I mean, come on. Those were invented like in the wake of the Depression from, you know, when kids, all they could do was gnaw on bark, you know, (laughs) off a tree. Here, kids, have some bark. That's all we can afford. A number of these, there are so many great candies out there now. How does a Tootsie Roll continue to even exist? Then you've got your wax cola bottles. Remember those? Oh, fantastic. I kind of liked those, chewing on the wax. Probably why I got cancer. Yes. Probably. When, when you ran out of paste to eat, would you chew on a little wax? Third most hated candy, peanut butter kisses. What? Peanut butter kisses. Oh, peanut butter. Like Hershey's Kisses with peanut butter? I guess so. Huh. Well, that sounds delicious. That makes no sense. Yes, please. Second most hated candy around, circus peanuts. Oh, I got delicious. Brought that delicious. up. Brought that up at uh, home the other night at the dinner table. My kids are unfamiliar with them. I've got to buy some. Oh yeah, it's the uh, the goodness of peanuts combined with the fun of the circus. They're disgusting <laughs> with the fun of a of a, a packing styrofoam peanuts <laughs> and, and a flavor that can't be explained and a color that doesn't exist anywhere else. Not in nature, certainly. <laughs> and the most hated Halloween candy. None other than your candy corn. Gross. I love candy corn. Candy oh, corn. yes, please. Mm, mm, wow. Mm. I give it out by the handful. Ew. Open up your bag. Here's another handful of candy corn for you. <laughs> you can have as much as you want. <laughs> Do a nice wet cough into the hand right before oh, you. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, that's oh, disgusting. Oh, wow. That ah. came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it should have stayed there. There yeah. are a number of things. I would be interested in why they exist. They still ex- they they still being made. They're still being sold. I'm telling you, a lot improved. of it was it was out of the depression or in the depression. It was a it was a cheap treat for kids who were otherwise chewing on bark, yes. <laughs> and and it stuck around for nostalgic reasons, but will soon be gone. Yeah, it should be the Necco wafer. Those are the little like they're the size of a quarter, right? And right. They taste mostly like chalk. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a Nazi about nutrition and that sort of stuff, but some of these candies, I mean, they're just they're just so chemical and fake, and just there's just nothing there to yeah. to justify eating it at all. <laughs> yeah, it was before we understood like genetic damage and, and cancer <laughs> and that sort of thing that these candies yeah. existed. Oh, uh, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting to get show the conscience of the nation. <laughs> I should ask my kids what they most want to get. Dank vapes. 
Drank vapes. <laughs> wow. Michael's been waiting to use that clip. Yeah, all I wasn't day long. sure where to use it, but I knew it'd come in handy. Oh, that, that was all right. <laughs> Peanut butter cups, a variety of candy bars like Snickers and stuff like that. They like. They actually I was, enjoy. I was going to say, as far as I'm concerned, the king of candies is the the Reese's peanut butter cup. That's good. Uh, the the Snickers bar has an argument. Don't <laughs> overlook the Twix. Yeah, the Twix is a the great Twix candy is a bar. strong candy. I like a Kit Kat for some reason. I don't know why I like Kit Kat so much. Kit Kat yeah. isn't that a lot like a Twix? Very similar. Yeah, doesn't have the caramel though. I think it's a. I think it's a. I don't want to eat a lot of candy because I'm a grown man. But, <laughs> and if I do eat a candy, I demand it be half candy, half vegetable. I would. like the delicious candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a bunch of things I want to talk about that have nothing to do with politics. Clint Eastwood's making a new movie about Richard Jewell that sounds really good. Um, oh, the falsely accused uh, Atlanta bomb uh, Olympic bombing. One of the private cop. One of the rent a cop. One of the leading indicators of our media willing to go crazy with stuff without fact-checking. That might be uh, the, one of the early examples of that. And, uh, and, and, and 24-hour news cycles, and then how we all just run with things, and facts don't matter, and all this. Anyway, very, this very close by with the OJ trial as yeah. well, in terms of the, uh, the vintage. This guy who had nothing to do with a bomb going off at he, the Olympics in Atlanta. Kelly was a hero. Uh, got blamed for it and had his life ruined. And and uh, Clint Eastwood s- thinks it's an important story and is making a movie out of it. And he makes great movies, so mm-hmm. uh, I think that could be a, a good uh, conversation starter on that whole topic. Um, I thought this was going to be a big story over the weekend. Didn't hear a word about it, so I'm thinking maybe it's not true. Somebody tweeted out over the weekend that uh, Senator Mitt Romney has been calling conservative donors asking about a potential 2020 primary run against President Trump. And I thought, ooh, this is going to be huge. This is going to be big. I never heard another word about it over the weekend. Did you? No, which I makes saw me that think tweet, um, Which makes me think there's nothing to it, because that's the sort of thing D.C. loves. Somebody challenging Trump, who's a Republican? Oh, yeah. yeah. That, 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 and I didn't hear anything about it. I, and when I heard it, I thought, you know, that makes sense, and I could actually see him doing pretty well. Um, yeah, reasonably but well. But for all I know, he's not considering it. Now, Trump did attack Mitt Romney over the weekend. Oh, no. I'm because, sorry to hear that. Because Mitt Romney had said, well, Mitt Romney tweeted, Senator from Utah, by all appearance, the president's brazen and unprecedented appeal to China and to Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden is wrong and appalling. Uh, Trump didn't like that. Calling Romney a pompous ass in one of his tweets. Oh, Trump called somebody else pompous? Yeah. Called him a pompous ass. Mm -hmm. And talked about how he begged me for his support and wanted to be Secretary of State and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see how that plays out. Rudy Giuliani was on Media Buzz with Howard Kurtz on Fox yesterday, and he was a calmer version of Rudy Giuliani than I had seen the week before. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Continuing to try to lay out the, uh, the difficulties of... The Biden family 
and what's going on there and how we ought to pay attention to it. Trying to decide if I want to do disclaimers first and then play it or play it and didn't do disclaimers. Ah, maybe we'll just listen to it first. Um, so they had a little bit of audio problems. You might hear a weird glitch in this, but this is uh, Howard Kurtz kind of setting up the story and then uh, Rudy running with the rest of it. And we'll, we'll meet and discuss afterwards. With Rudy Giuliani and uh, Mayor, as we went to break, you were talking about a $500,000 loan, a second mortgage to James Biden, Joe's brother, yep. for a Florida vacation home in 2015 from a company controlled by a guy. This was in Politico in August. John Hynansky, he's a Ukrainian-American businessman, family friend in Delaware, and a longtime Joe Biden donor. The Politico article says there is no indication that the loan influenced Joe Biden's official actions. And finally, in the piece, spokesman said, the loan was secured by a private residence. It was a 6% loan above. The Ukrainian-American who you're talking about that gave the $500,000 to the brother got $20 million to open up a car dealership in Ukraine from the federal government. And Joe Biden went all the way to the Ukraine to give a speech to explain what a good car dealer he was. Now he's a family friend from Delaware. I'm not, uh, not yeah, okay, okay. okay. You, know how, you know how much of this there is? one after the other after the other then of course he flew his son to china eight days later his son received one billion dollars from the chinese government into a private equity fund where he was a partner and the nephew of whitey bulger i'm not making that up and uh, the chinese government in other words while joe biden was negotiating for the united states his son was a partner with the chinese government making millions since it was a private company we don't know how much the Chinese government was paying. So there was an article in the Washington Post and the New York Times over the weekend how Democrats are really uh, scrambling. To, uh, the Biden camp is scrambling, figuring out how to handle this. And Democratic supporters are scrambling, thinking, how damaged is Joe Biden by this? Um, I think pretty damn damaged. As those stories there, if you weren't able to follow it. So his son, Hunter, got a loan of a half a million dollars to buy a place from a Ukrainian dude. Who then? Why are we giving f- taxpayer money to guys to start car dealerships in Ukraine? I guess we do that sort of thing to help emerging economies around the world. Arguably, but anyway, same guy that gives a loan to Joe Biden's kid brother. I think it was the brother. Brother, yeah, brother. But you know, that's close enough to me. Sure. I mean, come on. I've gotten lots of loans for a lot of different things. How many loans have you gotten from anybody connected with Ukraine or any other foreign country, for that matter? Um, And then uh, Politico reported this. This was before, you know, the dust up with the phone call. But Politico reported that story. They thought it was interesting enough to report, although they said it was uh, it was not uh, an especially low interest rate. Well, I don't know the particulars. Maybe somebody will dig into it, but I have no idea what sort of loan uh, Hunter Biden would be able to get or not get based on his uh, pretty difficult lifestyle he's had he might not qualify for a six point percent loan from anybody if you didn't get somebody involved uh from outside right uh, it was the brother though i don't i just don't want people to get confused because we were talking about jimmy biden oh yeah the, the, the brother of hunter biden yes but so um uh but so the biden family have all kinds of tentacles with ukraine here and then right. loans and stuff and like that china the and two then, countries that joe biden was uh, theoretically in charge of and, the policy and yeah. then that trip to china and the they lined a big deal and a billion dollars to his fledgling investment fund and we have no idea cuz the books aren't open on that but we have no idea how much the bidens made off of that you right. you wouldn't need to get much of a percentage of a billion to mm-hmm. get quite a bit of money let me bottom line it for you so 
the Trump administration is going to say, look, and, and I've made this, I've asked this question. I'm not arguing one side or the other, honestly, but I've asked this question. Is Joe Biden's candidacy for the presidency? And he's, it's just the, the prelims at this point. It's just the primary election. Does that insulate him? Does that grant him immunity from any investigation of his corruption as a politician? or even as a uh, vice president, does it mean he can't be investigated because he's running for vice president? Well, the reply to that is going to be, and it's already come out, oh, all of a sudden Donald Trump's worried about corruption. He's investigating Joe Biden because he sees him as a political threat. You know what? I think you're probably right. I would bet a $1,000 you're right. But that distinction isn't clear enough to throw a guy out of office. When the, I mean, if Joe Biden actually is dirty, you're going to throw the guy out of office for calling him on his dirtiness because, well, he's also a political rival, and that looks like no, the American people will not go for that. It's too fuzzy. Well, I'm willing to have them separate stories also, what Trump did or didn't do and whether or not it's an impeachable. And the Biden backstory, which a lot of Democratic donors are worried, is damaging they enough. They is damaging enough that they're looking to Elizabeth Warren or whoever else because he got this muddy Biden backstory. I think Biden's doomed.